Hey everybody, I'm Asta. And I'm Isabella. And you're listening to Oddly Unexplained, a podcast where we deep dive into all things strange, unusual, and unexplained. This episode is all about the man from Tarad, a mystery man from the 50s. Listener discretion is advised for anyone under the age of 10 during this episode, as some of the themes we'll be discussing are gruesome and or gory. We would also like to sincerely apologise for the audio quality during this episode, as we are both currently in lockdown and therefore our setup is not what we want it to be. I hope you enjoy this episode. This is nothing out of the ordinary so far, it's just like your average story. Yeah, just your average old plane trip. Um, when he was asked for his passport, he showed the official a passport from the country of Tarad. Now, this is the weird part, because as we are about to learn, Tarad doesn't actually exist. Yeah, definitely. This is where it gets a little wonky, the whole story, the whole shebang. But an interesting fact to put in is his passport looked completely legit. That is a really interesting fact about this bit, is there's photos of it. It doesn't, like, if you look at 1950s passports, his is the same. So that sort of just puts in a little bit of wondering right there. The passport he produced was in both French and English. This is nothing out of the ordinary. Of course, he was... Um, he was a European man, so it wasn't out of the ordinary that it was in French or English. Also, as we learn later, he lived, he, when he pointed out on the map, he pointed to a country called Andorra, which is between Fran- France and Spain, which means that it's not particularly strange that it would be in French, as being so close to France, it makes sense that he would have it in both languages. The officials were confused, as they had never heard of a country by the name of Tarad. Nobody had. Of course, if somebody randomly came up to you and said, Oh, um, I'm from whatever, a country that doesn't exist, you'd be a bit confused. Especially... I think also this is sort of where it starts getting a bit weird, but it's also... It's still... You're not jumping to big conclusions at this point. It's just sort of like, maybe this guy's, you know, not in the right state of mind right right now, whatever. Especially because, I, just a little note here, World War II had just ended, and yeah. this was also before the Cold War, so it was in a time of peace. But Japan had just lost the war, and the Allies had won, so you could see how... Obviously, somebody coming from France, who was, like, taking a passport that didn't exist. It's it's a red flag. Yeah, definitely. And I could see why there could be some need, some need for concern there. So, at the entry gate, he was also asked what his means of visit were. This was a 
normal sort of thing back then not as much anymore but was normal back then especially because you just had a passport from Tehran they often will ask questions like this it's just a lot of border police they want to be sure that you're not there for whatever besides a normal old reason so when the man was asked he calmly told the officer that he was traveling for a business trip that the banks that he worked for had like sent him on or told him to go to now interesting little fact that we don't have in here is he was he was working his company was meeting with the bank so he didn't work for the bank his company was meeting yeah. for the bank and this bank did exist and was all like legal whatever it was there was no foul play going on here so this wasn't a big red flag he also told the officer which hotel he was staying at again just a normal little question to ask yep and it was a hotel near the bank it was your average business trip the officials called the hotel and the staff assured him that the man by the name of John Zegras did not have a room booked this could be anything he could have just like forgot to book a room or a late like i know in the old days it was more popular to book a room when you get there yeah not so much so, as before and he may have worried that they possibly wouldn't have let him in if he said i'm actually gonna just rock up and get one then hopefully there's a room free so i guess you could kind of see how that is something you might lie about because if you think it's going to stop you from getting into this country for this very important business meeting i could very clearly see why you would make that up so as well as that the border police were not quite sure what was going on so they called up the the company and the bank that he said he was working with so the bank did not have record of a meeting with him or with this company and interesting little fact here his company did not actually exist like the country to rod this is also another one of those things that can just be explained away as excuses a way to get into the country but it is also if you if you do not have a means of work why would you make up something fake instead of just being like yeah i started working with this random company that exists 2 days ago whatever so it kind of makes you think was something else going on same as asta just said when the bank looked at their files they did not have a record of john of a john zegras so after that the border police were getting kind of skeptical that something might have been going on behind the scenes that they weren't sure about so they took him to a questioning room because as we mentioned before world war 2 had just ended so they were thinking he might be a terrorist or they were thinking maybe he posed some other form of threat to the country of japan Now I know that I listened to a podcast and I think Isabella did as well where they gave names of the people. Oh yeah yeah, that one was good. But I'm not sure if those names were true or if these facts have just been lost in time. But one interesting thing I did know about the name was that he worked as like he was working in the Second World War. So of course as Japan had just lost a lot of land, money, resources, and there was this dark middle-aged european man coming over who was i believe he was definitely looked like a physical threat yeah it was just De- 
there was a lot of red flags there, especially claiming from this passport from to Rod. Once he was in the room, they wanted to see if he could point out to Rod on a map. So, and then, as we mentioned before, he pointed to a country named Andorra between France and Spain, sort of almost on the border of France, but it's actually in Spain. Now, this guy was really confused because why was his home country called Andorra? As far as he was concerned, Andorra didn't exist, but French, France, Spain, Tokyo, all of those places did. Now, I don't think we mentioned this, so I just want to touch back on it. His, um, his, like, passport was stamped by other countries, European countries, as well as Japan before. So he had traveled into different countries and these were legit stamps and it was a lot harder in those days to fake a stamp. This is an important note to take as if you were going to create a fake passport to get into somewhere, nowadays it would be fairly easy to get a print, a stamp like print on it of a country's stamp. But back in the day, to have the stamp that the Border Patrol at Tokyo gives you, you can't just make that up. You have to have actually gone there and stamped your passport with it, which is another thing that kind of shows that there wasn't it kind of proves that he wasn't trying to do anything illegal. He was just, you know, rocking up. But so, you go, Isabella. Sorry for that. The officials at the Tokyo airport were unsure of how to handle him. Pretty I, straightforward. I think he just popped up, and he did have other registrations, such as a, I believe he had money and a driver's license. I believe he did, yes. That all claimed to be from this Gerard. Now, of course, all of these certificates were harder to fake because obviously it just would have been hard and they were all in English and France. And just a big thing here is at no stage was he mad. He was just confused. This is a very important thing to note as Imagine if you were trying to break into a country and they are saying, you know, this country doesn't exist or whatever. You are protective and possibly scared of what might happen because that is technically illegal to, you know, try to have passport fraud and document faking. So the idea that he was not mad really shows that he wasn't doing anything wrong. It sort of just cements in your mind that he was very confused about the situation, showing that he didn't rock up expecting them to be confused. He assumed that he would show up, show them their passport, and they would send him through like everyone else. But obviously they did not. And getting on that, for the safety of Japan, they put him up at a hotel not from not far from the airport. Now, this hotel that they put him in was actually the hotel they were they he had was booked at but they put him at the top room with a door in front, locked a locked door with two guards in front and there were more guards at the stairwells and front of the hotel. And there was no like massive air vents or anything that you could get through. You weren't getting out without the guards knowing that you had gotten out. Yes, you weren't leaving. 
So, the next morning, oh, give me a second. The next morning when his door was opened by the guards, the room was empty. This is weird in itself as he wasn't there. Now, of course, a possible mundane theory for this could have just been that the guards had let him out. That is a very big possibility, and you do see people talking about it, that, you know, they realised the documentation was fine, whatever, and they just let him out but didn't tell the public about it until this story was out and people were talking about it already. Now, of course, the plot has to thicken. Even stranger, nothing had been touched. And later when these guards, you know, called up their supervisor at the airport, they were looking through the files and they were noticing that all the papers, the passport, the money, the, all of it, was missing from their locked office. Now, this was very weird in itself, as of course, how would he escape, take all the files with him, and then just disappear? Now, another very interesting thing to note is that he, there is still a photo of him, and if you Google the man from Gerard, there will be a photo of him. Did he leave this photo behind, or was this simply somebody else whose face got planted on the case? I do want to mention here, there was no noise, no nothing that the guards heard of the night. They didn't, so it just appeared as if he'd gotten in gotten into the room maybe he was jet lagged and he went straight to bed you know didn't shower didn't do anything just got in the room took off his shoes went straight into the bed and that is a very important detail to note as you would think if someone escaping out of a room there would be noise from something yes and obviously it would be very hard to align with all the guards on this case especially because they were changing over and so there would always be a guard there. So if they were changing over, the other, the guard who was taking over would come up and the other two would leave to ensure that the guard was always awake and alert because standing in front of the door for 12 hours is going to get tiring. And there were more guards than just those two guards. So if he was aligned with all the guards, he'd have to be aligned with like over 40 people. That is a lot of people, especially as he did not speak the language. So the odds of him knowing them from somewhere else was odd in themselves. But the idea of him aligning them at the airport is almost impossible. I believe he did know the language, but he just wasn't very good at speaking it. Because, little note, he knew English, Japanese, Spanish, and French. I will say with the languages, he did speak some Japanese, but Tokyo has a different dialect. So he did not speak the dialect that these men were speaking. So he could figure out some words, you know, the ones that are very similar, but there were, he wouldn't have been able to speak fluent Japanese to these men. Definitely not enough to convince them to betray their own country for this random man that they met, met at the airport. Yes. Now, we are going to run through some of the theories that are commonly mentioned when this case is talked about. Can I start off? Sure. So, the 
The first theory that we're going to touch on is that it was all a hoax. I personally, this theory isn't as exciting, but if we look back at the facts, it's not over the realms of person. It's not, it's not, um, not in the realms of, um, like a chance because he could have wild guess being aligned with one of the guards who snuck him out somehow and then they had to take all his um like files because they didn't want the government finding him or having record of him another great theory from this is that he it was a hoax so i'll let isabella um like carry on with this but there is a theory that this was just a mistranslation so one of the theories that can be talked about is thinking of the game like telephone where you say something to one person quickly or over the phone and they don't quite hear it properly they repeat it to someone else and back in the 50s there wasn't they had newspapers but you weren't able to read the news from japan so the idea that there's this big thing happening and it spreads in a small town and it goes bigger and bigger and bigger until it's on the news it's in articles people could have just blown the story way out of proportion maybe there was no tarad the man just rocked up maybe his passport hadn't been spelt correctly anything but there is a theory that this is not real and it was just a story that somebody made up a story that was blown out of proportion lost in translation one of the things that sort of supports this theory is the fact that there is so little evidence there is one photo of him the photo of his passport and that's it that's all that is able to be accessed that may not be all the information but I would assume that most of it would have been released to the public over the course of 70 years. They do keep some information quiet, but usually, unless it has very confidential things, they will release information after that longer time. So I do not think that it's very plausible that this Japanese airport is still holding on to this information that has not been released to the general public. Now, I'm going to take off with a bit of a fun theory. Um, this theory is that the man from Tarad was an alien. Now, this does sound a bit far-fetched, but it can actually be plausible with all the stuff that we don't know about our universe. So one idea is that he was an alien preparing for war with Earth like a war of the worlds kind of thing yeah and just needed to check everything out and he decided to make a passport from a country like taurine or something but he misspelled it and got in a big mess then sort of carrying on from that the theory is that maybe he had some sort of extraterrestrial power where he he was able to you know something movie like walk through the wall his ship hovers over, whatever. But he escaped without anybody else realizing as he was from another planet. Now, another very interesting thing about this theory is that another way of this theory is that this alien was going to a war with another alternate reality of us. 
and this alternate reality had Torrid and had the companies, he just stuffed something up. Now, starting with alternate realities, I will let Isabella take this one off. Now, this is, if you know about this case, this is the theory everyone knows. The number one theory for this case is that the man from Tarad was from an alternate universe. Similar to our own, they still had Earth, they still had France, they still had Spain, they still had Tokyo. They had planes, they dressed similar. All these very similar things, but in this country, in this alternate universe, sorry, Andorra is Tarad. So... The theory is, is as he was on a plane going from Tarad to Tokyo or wherever to Tokyo, something happened that shifted him from his universe to our own. And the the main theory that supports this is his confusion. Now, what people believe is that he was not aware that he had shifted. Nothing changed. Maybe even the people in the plane didn't change. So he rocks up. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. He hands him his passport just like he would have in his own reality. And it's not Tarad, it's Endora. And this is the number one theory for this case as it explains how he would have disappeared. Maybe similar events that happened on this plane happened in his hotel room. Now, if you want to learn more about the theories, I suggest you tap into our next episode where we will go deep dive into them. We will see you all for part two. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.